Listener Production. US stocks stage an impressive recovery following last week's setback. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Tuesday ahead of James Hardy's results. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Tuesday, the 8th of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, I must say, quite an impressive recovery for US stocks last night, considering that last week we saw the worst weekly performance since March. You always have that anxiety or that curiosity about are the sellers going to wind up and have a nice old swing at the piñata? But last night we saw quite the opposite. The buyers put their shoulder to the wheel. We had the Dow Jones up 1.1%, the broader market, the S&P 500 up 0.9%, the NASDAQ up by 0.6%, so evidence of that underperformance there. Uh, I'll quickly recap on what happened in the bond market because that's important this week. Two-year government bonds or two-year treasuries down by one basis point to 4.78%, and 10-year treasury notes up three basis points to 4.09%, so nothing that you'd mention in dispatches there, but it's a big week for the US Treasury market, so uh, essentially holding their nerve. Well, that's right. So we've got about $103 billion worth of refunding taking place in the US Treasury market. So let's just quickly hold that. So that means that the US Treasury will be selling $103 billion worth of government bonds uh, to fund their business. That's right. And the Treasury will sell $42 billion in three-year notes on Tuesday, $38 billion in 10-year notes on Wednesday, and around $23 billion in 30-year bonds on Thursday. But What we're seeing, Tom, is stocks really rebound after their worst weekly decline since March last week as earnings continue to roll in and earnings have been better than expected. The season's been better than expected. 85% of companies in the S&P 500 that have posted their quarterly results, about four-fifths have exceeded Wall Street forecasts so far and none more so than the great company Berkshire Hathaway, Tom. Its shares are up 3.7% climbing to a record high as its results beat estimates last night. I mean, what's remarkable, Ryan, is to consider the legacy that Berkshire Hathaway has. And, you know, this late in the game, you're basically looking at a moment of transition where Charlie Munger and his mate... Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett are handing over the reins of of the organisation quietly. Um, But to be able to post a record quarter... This late in the innings, I suppose, is quite remarkable. They showed a rebound in insurance operations as well as a massive cash hoard. Their cash hoard, Tom, is $150 billion US dollars. This is in an environment where interest rates in the United States are over 5%. We saw insurance underwriting earnings recording a 74% increase to $1.25 billion. And broadly across the board, we have seen... Berkshire Hathaway reveal have been buying lots of bonds. So they've bought $10 billion worth of three-month or six-month T-bills or treasury bills, short-term interest rates. And, of course, that's in this environment where interest rates are lifting. Berkshire reported a near $26 billion unrealized gain from its investments. Much of this came from its gigantic stake in Apple. And we did see Berkshire's Apple bet balloon to $178 billion. So... All eyes will be on the release of the Apple iPhone in the middle of September, Tom. So there were two themes last night when it came to the US uh, market. You had the large cap industrials doing quite well. So you had Amgen up 4%, Boeing up 3%, 
Berkshire up by about uh, 2%. I think that's quite encouraging to see that foundation of gains. But then at the same time, you had some other marquee names that weren't doing as well. Tyson Foods. So this is an organization. It's quite Berkshire Hathaway-like. This is the type of organization Warren Buffett likes. It's been around since the Great Depression. We did see Tyson's Foods shares down 6% after its third quarter earnings missed they're going to shut down four additional chicken facilities after their quarterly sales trailed even the lowest of analyst estimates. The share price dropped by the most since May. Their production facilities based in Arkansas, Indiana and Missouri uh, will be moved to other locations as the meat supply seeks to boost capacity utilisation and reduce costs. So what we're seeing at the moment is the US's biggest meat producer face a combination of headwinds including tight cattle supplies, high feed costs, and a chicken and pork supply glut, which has sent meat producer profits plunging this year. So obviously quite unique circumstances for that company, but it had a big weight on the share market today. If you're eating chicken, beef or pork in the US, there's a good chance that Tyson Foods has processed it. I think they're one of, if not the biggest beef exporter in the US. So uh, an extraordinary organisation. They have had a pandemic uh, run up. So they uh, more than doubled in terms of the share price uh, since the lows of the pandemic. They've lost about 50% of their value over the course of the last year. And what you're seeing here is an organization that is pivoting quickly in response to the market conditions. So it'll be interesting to see how Tyson Foods shares perform uh, with the company moving as quickly as it has in the last uh, little while. And if we look Elsewhere, in terms of the US share market last night, we saw Tesla shares down 1.4% after its chief financial officer stepped down. So that had a bit of an impact on the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ was lagging the blue chip Dow Jones index, which performed strongest. And we did see the S&P 500 and NASDAQ both snap four-day losing streaks. But certainly that did have a bit of a weight as well as Moderna shares. They dipped 7% after investment bank Learink cut its price target for the company. So some mixed outcomes there, but broadly the earnings results were stronger than expected. What also stood out last night as far as the Treasury market's concerned, Tom, is that Fed Governor Michelle Bowman said additional hikes from the US Federal Reserve will be needed. Meantime, Fed Bank of New York President John Williams cited the necessity to keep policy restrictive for some time, while noting rate cuts could be warranted next year if inflation slows. So that Commentary was really reflected in the moves last night. So we saw the 10-year up, as you mentioned, by four basis points to about 4.10%, but the two-year was down slightly by just one basis point to 4.79%. But just quickly in the economic data... I just want to quickly go back to Tesla. So, oh, sorry. Um, um, so yeah. the point here being with the CFO standing down, that's the second time in four years that we have seen a change in that very important function, even more so when you consider who Elon Musk is and the sort of you know, weight on that person's shoulders. So the new CFO is a, a chap called Vaibhav Tanea. I probably mispronounced that name. He's the chief accounting officer at the moment, Ryan. So there will be a lot of scrutiny uh, on this change of the guard in that very important role. So you can imagine the sort of pressure that uh, Elon would be placing on these types of individuals. Well, it's funny you should say that. Elon Musk has actually come out overnight and said he may require surgery and is planning to receive an MRI on his neck and upper back. So that is a developing story, Tom. Maybe he's been training too hard for that MMA bout with Zuck. 
Potentially, yes, indeed. <laughs> They're both looking quite buff at the moment, so uh, good luck to them. But getting back to the credit story, the economic data of the day, we saw total credit in the United States lift by almost $18 billion, and that did follow the smallest monthly increase since 2020. So why this is important, we saw non-revolving credits such as loans for school tuition and motor vehicle purchases jump $18.5 billion in June. And also auto sales increased in June from a month earlier. So the Fed survey showed the value of loans for vehicle purchases increased to a fresh record in the second quarter. So what this all shows is that consumers are still spending. Rates are too low, Ryan. But revolving credit outstanding, which includes credit cards, decreased $604 million, the first decline in more than two years. So interesting outcomes there. Certainly less spending on credit cards, but more spending on school tuition and on motor vehicles. So clearly... People who are cashed up, maybe the wealthier, are still spending on those those items, but less so on credit cards. The uh, the thing that you want to be looking out for in particular is cars at the moment with the extraordinary run-up that we saw in recent years. That is going to be some form of a leading indicator when you see those car sales numbers come off. But look, uh, just quickly, Campbell's Food was in the uh, spotlight last night as well. So again, this is another Buffett-esque organisation, the sort of... Uh, company that makes stuff that you use every day. They have come in and they have made a bid for an organization called Sovos, who make pasta sauces. Yeah. They have come in and bid $23 a share for uh, Sovos. So that's uh, pushed the stock up 28%. And Campbell's Soup would come across as one of those companies that's a necessity, really. We all eat or drink soup in, in winter, don't we? So I make soup. I made soup, soup last night, actually. Lovely. What mm. was it? Onion? Chicken, chicken and vegetable. Oh, very healthy. So certainly <laughs> consumers continue to buy those types of products, especially in a cost of living crisis. Indeed. So let's just quickly reflect on what we're expecting today, Ryan. We've got a number of organisations reporting earnings on the local front today. Charter Hall, the Property Group, Coronado Resources, James Hardy, uh, EML Payments, That'll be interesting. Charter Hall, um, they have obviously extensive exposure to property through their uh, office REITs and, and the like, so it'll be interesting to see what's going on in that neck of the woods. It'll be interesting to see the communication around vacancy rates in particular and also whether there's revaluations taking yes. place in the office space, work from home continues and the like. So look out for that. But building materials supplier, James Hardy, is the one that stands out for me. It's likely to beat the top end of its first quarter underlying net profit guidance of 145 to 165 million. New US housing demand has bounced back. We have seen increased activity in the US housing sector, and that'll benefit James Hardy. There's been cost relief for pulp and freight as well, so that could also boost the bottom line. And Jeffries, the broker, is now expecting first quarter underlying profit of $167 million. So look out for that stock today, Tom. The other thing to note as well today is we have business and consumer confidence sentiment surveys released here in Australia from Westpac and Melbourne Institute. A relief rally in sentiment is likely to gain some traction in August. That follows the Reserve Bank's decision to leave rates on hold for a second consecutive month, although they've still got a clear tightening bias, but the hurdle for another rate hike has obviously increased. And also we have seen some improvement in the cost of living crisis in terms of headline inflation easing. Look out as well for the NAB business survey. We expect business conditions to have softened further in July as demand continues to slow. Confidence is holding below average levels. The focus will be on business spending intentions, particularly around employment and capital spending, but also 
we expect to see a further acceleration in labour costs. So we have seen that minimum wage increase and that could feed into inflation eventually, Tom. And quickly, I know that this is not doing justice to things, but just for the sake of rounding things out, European markets were a little bit softer last night. We had the UK market down 0.1 of a percent, the French market just in negative territory, uh, as was the German DAX. German Bunds uh, not vastly changed. The two-year German Bund at 3.15 and a 10-year at 2.56. Again, apologies for those who follow the European markets. We only have a short amount of time. We tend to focus more on the US. If you have thoughts on that, please share them with us. Uh, what we did see in Europe overnight, Tom, was mining shares down 1% as industrial metal prices fell on Chinese demand concerns. We saw shares of Aribis slide 9.5%. That's Europe's largest copper producer. And that's on the back of copper prices down 0.8%. We also saw aluminium down 0.2%. All prices fell around 1% with the US all NYMEX price at 81.94 US dollars a barrel. Gold futures fell 0.3% to 1970 US dollars an ounce, and iron ore was down 0.4% to 104.73 US dollars a tonne after Goldman Sachs warned that China may cut steel output as traders contend with off-peak demand, and that had a drag on the Aussie dollar, which is currently at 65.7 US cents. Fantastic. Thank you very much for tuning in this morning. Have a great day. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.